0: Love,
1: talk, radio. Hi there, this is Holly Stuffy and we do not have music to open the show with today because we're on location and I wanted to talk about our guest today and my co-host that is with me Spencer Durate from New York and today we have a special guest, um, Steven Blush. And we're going to be talking about New York Rock from the Rise of the Velvet Underground to the Fall of TVGD. And um, this is his latest book that he's written. He's written quite a few other books and it's pretty iconic as far as a lot of the different things that he's done. And we're going to be talking a little more in depth with him today. Um, If you'd like to go into the chat room, the chat room is available. And also if you would like to listen to the show afterwards, it will be available on Redville Media Blog Talk Radio under the Indie Cafe on um, iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio on Demand. Afterwards, it will be downloadable as a podcast. And um, it's really funny, um, as I'm sitting here and I'm pulling out all my, my my materials that I need for my interview here, I pull out the book, New York, um, From the Rise of the Velvet Underground to the Fall of CBGB. And New York Rock by Stephen Blush. Um, I have a young girl tell me, "Oh wow, I just read that book." And uh, she tells me that her music history professor gave them the book to read. So when I m- mentioned that to Stephen before we went on the air, he said that that's pretty. He's had that happen in a couple other different places. So. With that, I'm going to bring both of them into the studio, and we are going to rock away at the hour and talk about the book and everything. <laughs> you guys are giggling. <laughs> welcome, Spencer, and welcome, Stephen. Are you guys both there?
0: Yeah, we're there. Oh, yeah. It's great to be okay. here. Okay,
1: and the chat room's open, guys, and also I just wanted to let you know that um, my voice is a little a little be sorry center nose i just got over being super sick so um if i cough i'll mute the i'll mute the uh i'll mute it <laughs> With it, that, it, it, it
2: sounds more real it, i think you should let it let it just go yeah
1: oh yeah i'm gonna cough and then hack okay no funny <laughs> yeah you don't get much more punk rock than Listen, that come on you know Oh yeah, it is. And oh wait, and we wanna say also tomorrow is New Year's Eve guys and um Whoa. you know, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Oh, can you believe it? We want this year to be well, we want this year to go away right now. We wanna go, <laughs> go into the new year, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's like like let's all hole up in our houses till tomorrow night at midnight or what or what is it? It's um yeah, tomorrow night at midnight, <laughs> oh, yeah. Tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah,
3: New Year, bring before it up. a bomb
1: drop, or something like that,
2: right?
1: Well, Stephen, um, what I opened up with before we get into everything, because I know Spencer has done some work with you, and I've read your book, and I know quite a lot of people that have worked with you, and uh, we've had a lot of the people that have worked with you on our show. Um, I'd like to ask you what you thought about my opening um, comment about the fact that um, a young girl was given your book as a reference for um, music, a music history class. What do you think about well,
2: that? Well, I, t- I, I, I have two views on it. One of them I'm flattered, and I want to thank her teacher. The other side of me thinks you're sending your kid to Brown University. How much is that costing? And you're giving them a class I know. on my book? <laughs> i know but, um, we'll isn't that it. great I'll, I'll take it yep <laughs> Yeah, sometimes i, know. I wonder I like I, that... sometimes i'll hear from kids sometimes <laughs> i'll hear from kids and they'll be like oh i'm writing my doctorate on hardcore after i read american hardcore and all i can say <laughs> is like did your parents pay for that you know
0: <laughs> oh you're
1: funny oh my god Stephen, what's your hey, website real quick? Let's get that out. I think it's StephenBlush.com, right? Yes, correct. your, you can learn your, all your website. The I just want to. If
2: you
1: go there. I saw that. I saw that. That's a great website. I just wanted to put it into the chat room. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Spencer. Um, trying, no, no, I okay. was just trying, just trying to get um, this into cool. the chat room real quick for everyone that's listening, and for everyone listening live, if you missed the beginning. Of what I said, this show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Result Media Blog, Truck Reading And I want to welcome my co-host, Spencer Drake, from New York. And also, Stephen, are you in New York too right now? Are you traveling?
2: Well, usually usually I am in New York, but I happen to be traveling right now. So um, I appreciate Ooh, uh, you're not everybody there for, for the working ball around wrong, my schedule. Huh? <laughs> no, that's that's like the last thing here. I want. As a New Yorker, that's the last thing I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really
1: Time but, you know, it, it, but it doesn't right mean a now. lot
2: here to be with somebody like Spencer Who's been involved in the visuals of so many like incredible mm-hmm. Like not just New York records, but records, right? I oh, mean, thank you,
3: yeah, really, yep. yeah. Thank you yeah. I, We just had, Judith and I, my partner, just got inducted in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame permanent collection and I'm in the MoMA permanent collection, so it's a very big honor this past year of our album covers. And thanks so much mm-hmm. for mentioning it. It was very nice of you. Um, hey, listen, I want to ask you, let's, let's go to the beginning of this. What inspired you to do the book And uh, from the beginning? Yeah, um, I love the
0: yeah,
2: design, yeah. Well,
0: too, you know, by the way. I, um,
3: thank you, thank you.
2: Um, well, you know, I had written this book, American Hardcore, which was about the hardcore punk scene that I had been part of. And I really... It was really about documenting the subject, like, completely. Like, if, I don't know, if you handed the book to your mom, she could read it and kind of get what's going on. You know, like, I'm not just writing it for the, the people involved. I'm writing it so everyone could share in this history. And the only history that meant more to me after that was, you know, my life as a New Yorker. You know, and this was um, my homage to the music and the clubs and the scene that I love. You know, and this went on for decades, you know, and it's like my dad worked in the Lower East Side at 195 Christie Street. And I and I know like I was talking to Chris France and I was from Talking Heads and I was saying, I think you guys used to practice in that building because I remember this weird band and this guy who was the singer who would give me this weird Mm -hmm. glare. Every time you know that David Byrne glare, you never forget that. And I told him that and he was. It was the truth, and it was because it was around the corner from CBGB. So when I was fourteen, fifteen years old, I fell into all this stuff. Wow. You know. So mm-hmm. and you know I'm in my fifties. I'm in my early fifties now. So do the math. I mean, this is a this is a love affair with New York. You know, really, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Here. But also, I'm talking about New York as like. Rock and roll before New York rock, before the Velvet Underground, before the Fugs. It was teeny bop, you know. And these guys were like Uh brought art. They brought art into it. You know, the Fugs with Allen Ginsberg and the VU with with Andy Warhol, and they made adult music. You know, uh, in the book, Uh in the American Hardcore book, I'm sorry, in the New York Rock book, Lenny K describes it as. Like, New York Rock and the Velvet Underground was like the Jean-Luc Godard of rock and roll. Like, in other words, you're, like, taking this this thing for teenagers and turning it into something much deeper. You know, New York's always been like that, whether it was, like, the Fug singing about, you know, Slum Goddess or, you know, the Velvet Underground singing about heroin or Ramon singing Beat on the Brat with a baseball bat. I mean, this was not, like... where rock and roll was at at the time. This stuff was so on the edge. It's really easy now to hear, hey-ho, let's go at a football game and think it's the same Uh thing as, like, the Osmond brothers or something, but it's not, you know? It's like it was, like, such an intense thing, and we wore it on our sleeve, and we lived this stuff, you know? And I'm really, really proud to have been part of, you know, my part of it. I wasn't... You know, I wasn't there when the Velvet Underground was playing. Playing, I wasn't there when the New York Dolls were playing at the Mercer. You know, that's not my age. You know, I was, I did get to go to like the tail end of CBGBs and get to go to the Mud Club and uh, you know Club Fifty Seven and Hurrah and Peppermint Lounge as like a eighteen nineteen year old. So that's about where I start. You know, and. um but you know, I was involved in the clubs. I was a promoter. I was a DJ. I became a writer because of that. I became a journal. You know, I became an author, a publisher, an editor. You know, I owe New York Rock a lot, and this is my this is my homage to it. Like I
3: said earlier,
1: this is well, like your testament, it, your little Bible. Yeah, this yeah is what
3: awesome. I, I, And I, me reading the book, and, and you know, I started with the Fugs, actually that record label. Mm-hmm. Um, I designed an yeah. album for them, yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, I,
0: that
3: whole. But, uh, yeah, I didn't I, even
2: know that. I didn't know you, would go, you had, had worked with them. That's, that's yeah, tremendous. yeah, I did, a, yeah f- album
3: call, I did an album cover called "Fugs 4 Rounder Score" for yep. ESP yep, Disc, yep. and so I, I started with them, and then they were at the Dom. You know, they um, they mm-hmm. uh, opened mm-hmm. up for the Velvet Underground. Right.
2: And, and sure.
3: Then, but but what I find, what I find, you really did your homework on this book. I mean, I've read a lot of Thank Holly and. But I, I see you really did your homework on this book. And I think I mentioned to you on the phone, we had the conversation the other day. Uh, Holly and I had Lex McNeil and Jillian McCain on with their book. And I thought,
0: mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. you
3: know, that book is different than your book. You don't really cross over into a book. They don't cross over into your book. But it would be a great volume one and two, like must-to-get books. If anybody wants to get a a cultural book on rock and roll in the New York, in the New York genre, or whatever you want to call it, from the beginning, both those books seem to be. Uh, you fit into their thing, and they fit into your thing in some way. It's like a volume one, volume two. In it. Yeah,
2: that's amazing because you know we are from different generations,
3: you know, in yeah. music,
2: the yeah. two of us. But it's like kind of arrive at similar conclusions, and that's a great book for what it does. Mine's a great book for what it does, and yeah. I'm you know I love I love their book. You know I love my book. So I think you. I think you uh bring up a good point there. I mean, I think these are like the the um cornerstones of of the New York rock history. The book exactly. Both your I your homework on you this mean, book.
3: I mean, every time I go through it I'm thinking. Well, did you miss somebody? Or you, and I know it's hard to do because it's like saying, yeah. well, what are your favorite album covers to me on MTV? And I say what? But you know, when you when you did your <laughs> exactly. book, I'm looking through the names, and I you know I know the names yeah. like you do, and I saw you really put the all those names that had to be in this book. It's like when I Judith and I have done like 21 books, and the first time we did a book, someone said you have to put in a book the must things, the things that are yep. really important. And I've got to tell you, you did this with this book. You really have Thank everybody you. in it that must be in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know yeah, why?
1: because they're That's work's so true. good. They're right, so mm-hmm.
3: good. It's, yeah,
2: I'm not writing about yeah. it because I'm like, yeah, I need to have those people in there. But, I mean, there's a few people. At a certain point, I took out a, a certain tier of bands because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they played CBGBs a couple of times and they made a demo tape. You know that's not really what I'm talking about. You know, so but anybody who really I think made an impression, I guess made an impression. I think that's the that that was the that was what got him in the book. And you know, again, you know, I was a kid in the crowd. You know, I was just somebody taking mental notes, and you know, maybe I take maybe I took good mental notes because I remembered a lot. And there were certain drugs I didn't take that other people took. So that probably helped
0: with my memory. (laughs) Yeah, um,
1: no, that's awesome. You know, I wanted to ask you a couple things really quickly. Um, First of all, the cover is awesome. I love the people that you chose to be on the front. Um,
0: Terrific.
1: If you can see this, it's great. It's just really great. And also, I wanted to say that not only um, this book here, you've also – written a cult classic, American Hardcore, American Hair Metal, um, 45 mm-hmm. Dangerous Minds, and Lost Rockers. And you also yep. wrote and co-produced a documentary, American Hardcore, based on your book. So Correct. not only that, you were an editor and publisher of uh, the award-winning Second Interview magazine. And uh, it says you yep. live in New York, but we know you're somewhere else. So. <laughs>
2: no.
0: I wish I, but,
1: wish I had
2: some great stories, you know, like uh... I'm in Vermont right now, and I, I'm not really even Ooh, into it. Oh, I love
1: Vermont. Is it snowing? Yeah.
2: Well, I like it, too. I heard names, but
1: get that's, a
2: lot that's, 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 of snow. Yeah. There's a lot of snow up here. Um, I'm just being a good, a good dad, taking my family on a vacation. But, uh,
1: oh,
0: I, I
2: hear you. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to not
1: ask really, like, I'm, not like, I'm chapter... not like this at the
2: ski lodge. Oh,
1: yeah. I hear you. I want to ask you about one <laughs> chapter in the book, if I may. Um, sure. The Here Today, Gone Tomorrow, The Fall of CBGB, Ed, End of the Century, Hilly Crystal. That whole chapter is just so interesting. Um, you know, when you talk well, about basically, it. I think
2: what it was. Uh, I think what I'm, if that, if, I mean, unless you want something else to add to it, I mean, I think the, the gist of that chapter was talking about. Um, well, there's two parts to it. It's one is the fall of CBGBs and people's commentary mm-hmm. on it, which is which is not exactly um, glowing. Is that the word? It's like people are very matter of fact about it. You know, there was a. I think a lot of the people kind of felt like CBGBs was this incredible club in its time and place, and by the 2000s, it was time for it to go. You know, um, mm-hmm. and the other part of that chapter, which I think is really key, which fits in with what I just said, is that New York is all about change. And New mm-hmm. York is all ever-changing, you know, and history is ever-changing. And you never want to be that person who, you know, you could say, like, the music isn't the same as it used to be. That, that's that's a, that's a fair assessment. But um, to sit there and say, like, you know, we work so much harder, you know. You sound like that guy who says, I had to walk 10 miles to school, you know, kind of thing, you know, you
3: don't,
2: you know, you know, so it's, you want to be careful on that stuff. I mean, I certainly feel that there was this period of, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years that were just incredible in New York, you know, and we don't really have Mm -hmm. that today, but if people are happy with what they have now, that's okay. If they're, if they're psyched, to do their thing, you know. There's this word now that's been used, well, not new, but in the past 10 years or so, there's just been this term called post-rock, P-O-S-T. Mm-hmm. It's right? another words, mm-hmm. like an art movement. And I really, at first I used mm-hmm. to cringe at that, but I realized it's such a perfect title. It's a perfect framework for what's going on right now, which is it looks like rock and roll. It kind of has the feel of rock and roll, but it's not... What went on in the sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties? Right, right. So it's like right. a different thing. So it has the trappings of it. You have people have a good time. There's crowds. There's interaction with the audience. There's commerce being done, but that doesn't really mean it's the same scene. So I'm capturing mm-hmm. like in a bottle. My 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 book is really very much like you know capturing this rare period. That happened, and it was below Fourteenth Street in Manhattan that you had this mix of not just it wasn't if you think about rock and roll, like the, the tra- traditional rock and roll band is like four dudes in a garage with a six pack you mm-hmm. know New York was way mm-hmm. than that. New York was like artists and poets and sculptors and you know theorists all making this music and it was on a whole other level, you know it was like it was conceptual. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was a form of conceptual art. I mean, really, that's what—that's what you're. You know, that's why, like, sometimes the records don't always hold up, because it's not really a. That I mean, of course, there's great songs and and all that, but um, it's really about there was a New York attitude that was fierce, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like everyone's been trying to copy it ever since. You know, whether it's the Ramones or. Or oh, yeah you know, New York Dolls or Velvet Underground, you know, they're still trying to capture it. Sonic Youth Later, whatever. You know, it's all a little bit different, but everyone's trying to capture that. Yep. These dude, you know, all these bands are great, man. These bands were so much more intense than like I'm not trying to like you know, I mean, LA LA's great. I have no problem with LA, but LA's band was the Beach Boys. You know, it's like that's, mm-hmm. that's, that represents LA. That's a perfect representation of LA that band, especially in the 60s, you know, and it's like New York was like, you know, these bands were from the streets. These guys were living hard. They were, you know, they had, it was
3: surviving. It was a whole different,
1: it was a whole different culture. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could
3: like, I saw your records. I would hear these stories. Like, for instance, like uh, here's, I mean, I've got a lot of them, but uh, Talking Heads, when they played out in LA, when they first played, they threw beer bottles at them.
2: I could see that. Yeah. Well, yeah, can totally because they didn't relate to
3: it, right? Uh, L.A. was a totally uh, different culture. Uh, L.A. was a totally different culture, right? And 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 they couldn't mm-hmm. – I mean, as we accept, by the way, going across the continent, the L.A. groups. You know, it took a while for us to accept certain groups that come in. Oh, of
2: course. So, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It took forever for New York to accept L.A., San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they were living like a different thing, though. It's like yeah. – yeah. And I'm not taken away from any of those bands because I like them all, you know. But I, right. I'm just saying that like New York was uh, so intense at the time. You can't tell me that anything was more intense than New York in the '70s. <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe they're well. That's I mean, I why. Mean, maybe, like, you-
1: even that's why they're giving your book out for music history because they think that yep. it yep. definitely covers the music history part of it. That's right. I mean, um, it really, it this really is, does. Yeah, the, musico- the musicology that,
3: of this book is so
2: severe. The, the musicology yeah. of this book is top notch. I mean, I have to say. I mean, I like. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I have a. I mean, this book took took me better half a decade or more to write. You know, it's like this took me a long, long mm-hmm. time. It took me a couple of years just to figure out what the hell New York Rock was. You know, I like had to like sit there. It's not yeah. just the bands. It was like I had to figure out the, all those chapters you're seeing. I had to figure I had to figure out like where does it start? Where does it end? You know, and I started with the Velvet Underground. You could say it starts with the Folk. You could say it starts with the blues and the goose. You could say it still goes on today. You know, but Yeah, I mean and, I mean you yeah. had, there was this there was a very mature like version intense version of rock that happened like as i said below 14th street it was subculture and it was the it was the it was it was it was this cross collision of art and and commerce and painters and poets and musicians and all these people making rock and roll under like craziest of conditions
1: yeah, you know, I I think that this book must have really was absolutely was a labor of love for you because I can see that you really really got into it. And I really like the way that it's formulated, the way that it's done where you Broken go through up. everything and I love the back. I love the back of the book because it really gives Thank a lot you. of references to different things, which is yeah, great yeah. because academically, you know, uh, you know, for people that are reading it like you, where you got sources, it's really yep. great because you give people sources and then people can go there and they can actually look at it. So, you know, my next question to you, um, Spence, I want to ask him is, uh, what are you currently working on?
2: Um, Well, you know, I was just bagging <laughs> on Los Angeles for a second but I am working on a L.A. rock book. Um, I spent a lot of time. Ooh. Uh, nice. I was there, I great probably idea. saw about a hundred shows in Los Angeles which probably makes me Pushes me toward the top of the heap, and I always loved L.A. bands. You, you and I, I both. York, I you
1: always, and I both.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, know, when I was in, when I was into hardcore, it was like I totally related to these bands coming from the Southern California suburbs. I mean, I, I got all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I love, love, you know, you know, and see, here's what I've noticed about L.A. L.A. culture stinks, but L.A. subculture is great. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. when it's teetering underneath when it's like angry and like volatile, it's the best. It's better than New York even. But but what's commercial LA kinda stinks. Right. You know, that's you yeah, know, LA, that's you know true. It's, it's the Eagles, it's the Eagles and Sleetwood and Mac on one side and then it's like Black Flag and M D and, and NWA and like all that stuff on the underway. Right. Ability,
3: right, right. You know? I mean you know, so, you, well, you know, can, Steve, Steve you, could do a really ser- you could do a series of books on the different cities. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, a- I'm, I've, I've certainly,
2: I've considered that, Spencer. Um,
1: Absolutely, um, like Nashville I, I think these vibes. are the only two
2: I could write about. Mm-hmm. These are the only two I could really write about. Mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time in San Francisco. I've even a comp. You know, I I know all the music and stuff, but I I kind of feel like. I don't know. You may One day I may have this book on San Francisco and London too, right? But I, I, You I, should
1: I, do that. I don't that. know if I'm the guy
3: for it. Yeah, you don't know where you're going to go. You really don't. I mean, it's up to you. to float along I in life that, and see how you feel. That it would be,
1: be that brilliant be
3: my if you very did well. a book on that. That could very well be my feature.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Because no, I think, cause I'm very I much think...
2: understand this thing about like music is created by the culture it comes from. Right? right. That's why mm-hmm. I talk about it at the front of the New York Rock book. I'm talking to mm-hmm. you about, like, the attitude and the streets and the drugs and the, gent- the neighborhoods and the kind of people and the scene and the sound. And, you know, so that's what, you know, it was very difficult to make something, to explain something that I think we all know, meaning us, you know, being fans of this stuff. Right. Um, but it was very hard to articulate it. Like how do you explain you know it in a way that the insider likes it but yet yeah. like somebody who doesn't know the subject understands it.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So
2: I had to fight I had to find my voice and all that. But um I'm very happy with the book. I mean, Saint Martin's Press, you know, they did such a good job with the edit. I mean, they yeah. really my my, oh, yeah. my sentences are so much better because of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so I um you know, I'm just out here, like, promoting this thing like crazy. You know, I did seven appearances. Mm-hmm. The book came out a little over two months ago. I've already done seven appearances. I have seven more already. I have eight more already tabled for next year, and I've just gotten started. You know, so I'm, I'm going to be out here. I'm going around the country. But you
3: were telling me you're going I, to be at the public library, and I think that's really cool in New York. Yeah. That's a big thing. That, my first yeah. book, I, I was brought into the public library. When your book is in there, it's sort of a whole different ballgame. Uh, tell oh, us for about sure. some of the things you're going to be doing in New York, which I'd like to know about. You were telling me about, sir. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I have, um, I have about
2: eight appearances all around the country coming up, you know, from Book Soup in L.A. and your yeah. records in San Francisco. But back in New York, um, there, uh, first of all, I'm doing uh, January, February, and March. I each have a New York event for each month, mm-hmm. just the way it turned out. Mm-hmm. In January, there's uh, there's this great store in New York. I saw Slash from Guns and Roses wearing their T-shirt, which I know will help them a lot. But the store on Clinton Street is called Scumbags and Superstars. <laughs> uh uh-huh.
1: and,
2: they and they're kind of like a they're like a. They're kind of like the new version of a Saint Mark's Place store. Like right. they sell rock and roll clothing uh-huh.
1: and wow, buttons yeah, and all that
2: great. kind of stuff. So yeah. I'm gonna have um Ian Lloyd who sang Brother Louie, you know, Louie uh-huh. Louis, Louie, Louis, Louis.
3: Right, right. From
2: from nineteen seventy two, is it? Stories.
3: Ooh, yeah, stories Brother stories
2: Louis. Right. Which um, so uh he'll you know, he'll be playing and uh, I'm gonna be speaking. That's great. Oh, and it's being it's a in the Lower East Side, so it's going to be sponsored by Kosar's Bialis. Oh,
3: so great. we're really
2: going to have the whole <laughs> culture of the Lower East Side there. Yes, and that's, that's great. Uh, Thursday, January twenty-sixth. Mm-hmm. And then the what Spencer mentioned is thir- um, also a Thursday, Thursday January uh, Thursday February twenty-third. I'm speaking at the public mm-hmm. library. You know, it's fortieth cool. and fifth. Oh, nice. And. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. That's like incredible. Yep. I'm gonna do a, a visuals, uh, you know, multimedia show and speak. Oh and, really? Whoa! You know, like a real cool. book appearance. Yeah, that'll be yep. great. Yep. And and uh, and then in when, then in March I'm uh, appearing at the Vinyl Revolution Records Show, which is like a big Ooh, yeah. uh, vinyl. Oh, thing. cool! Yeah, so Ooh, I'm gonna have I my like that. And some and have some musicians and stuff. So it's so my payback to vinyl culture, which is That's also right. a huge part of what. That's what's happening. What this is about? Yeah, yeah, for that's
1: sure. Kind of, that's really cool. You know, I wanted to say something really quick. When you end up doing your book on LA rock, um yep. Have you, if you, if you want to have any help in regards to a few bands that I know out here, like Sublime, the, the People, and Hot Red Hot oh, yeah, Chili Peppers, sure. which really, you know, stuff like that. Definitely oh, yeah, um, get in touch with me because I can um, definitely get you in touch with the people that were there and you know the people that played out here and are still playing and also yeah, no, in Austin and San Francisco. Great. I would, I would there's that. a big yeah, movement.
2: That would be great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know a lot of people that you've just mentioned. They were my, they were my the neighbors for a yeah. long
1: time sublime were my neighbors before uh yeah it was it was trippy um that's very interesting they used to practice in the garage i I, I
2: might as well i might as well on this as long as you brought it up is that um i've always had a good relationship with flea from the chili peppers and one of them was because i had interviewed him very early you know because when they came to new york i was Mm -hmm. interviewing them but really the reason where we've always remained close and the reason he's in my american hardcore film and all that stuff is because we had one night in New York where the mm-hmm. Chili Peppers played at the Ritz, and he stayed at my house, and we took
1: yep. acid all night.
2: And we, wow. like... Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I did not... That must have time. been
1: fun. ...for
2: about eight hours. Yeah. We listened to oh records God. with the... I think we were listening to records with the amp off. <laughs> Oh, that's
0: funny. That is very cool. yeah. Oh my God. Well, really cool. so, um, I figured I'd
2: just you give know, you a little bit of rock history there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we want to hear we want to hear some more insight like you had to be there a moment. Um when you yeah. were comp- you know, putting compiling this book together, I'm sure that each chapter brought back different memories. Do you have any memories you want to share with us about anybody in particular that you uh had any interaction with? Because 'Cause we'd love to hear it.
2: Hmm. I don't really know, but I I do have to tell you the one thing that's kind of funny is that I have a, one part in New York, I do have a little piece of rock history, is I used to, I booked a lot of clubs, but I um, booked this place called the Cat Club, uh, which was, um, Don Hill, and Don, yeah, Don Hill was a very close friend of mine, I I worked at Don Hill's for six years, you know, many years later, but, um, why did I have to stop working with Don at the Cat Club was because I booked a guy there named Gigi Allen who um, took a dump on his stage and uh, oh, uh, I they, he, he patted me on the back and said Steve I love you but you can't work here anymore <laughs> so um, Don uh, I interviewed Don before he died and uh, he oh, made God. sure to remind me of that great story so uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's quite what you were looking for, but <laughs> I, there wasn't like any like great stories of like like. Uh, although I do have to say is like um, when I was talking to Dick Manitoba from the Dictators, right. who was always a huge influence on me as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, he he reminded me of where we met, which was when the Dictators had opened for Blue Oyster Cult. At, at the Park oh, wow. Convention Center. I'm really dating myself here, but I was about 13 years old.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I sat out there for like two hours and waited for a Blue Oyster Cult autograph. Oh, wow. And they just blew right by me, like these little short guys, like just blew right by me into their limo. Mm-hmm. And what I always remember was uh, Manitoba grabbing my Blue Oyster Cult records
3: and him <laughs> signing them all. Wow.
1: Oh, that that's great. Out. That's that is really good. Yeah. Cool. That's great. And by, yeah, I, no, by no, the way, by the way, I have to, I I
3: to like, cut in on this. Di- uh, the Dictators are playing tonight at Bowery Electric, by the way. That's right.
1: Oh, awesome.
2: I'm missing that. That's a that's a great uh, moment in rock history. Yeah, You're in Vermont. Bowery Vermont. Electric. You're in
1: Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> Real quick, yeah. I want to say Trust um, me, I know, I know it better listening. than you. I don't need to be reminded, okay? Oh, no, I hear
1: you. But you're in a beautiful area. I want to say really quick um, in the middle of the show that, um, again, if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available on iTunes afterwards and also on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio On Demand. And, again, today we have New York Rock from the Rise of the Velvet Underground to the Fall of CBGBs with Stephen Blush and my co-host, Spencer Drake. So, again, I just wanted to... That really quick, and the chat room is open if you want to go into the chat room. And for everyone listening in the chat room, thank you for listening and for everyone listening live. If you'd like to call in, our number is 347 677 1036. And um, what else? Yeah, just to move forward on this because I know, Spencer, you, you actually are very much involved in the punk scene as well, so I know that you can relate to a lot of what Stephen's talking about. Um, how I, yeah,
3: do you I feel that, about this book? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, my big thing was I was from uh, after I worked at ESP Dis with the Fugs and many other great groups there. I went into uh, mm-hmm. Sire, so Sire right. hired me and it was love at first sight. So I was working on everything for them they, and Seymour loved my work. So that resulted in that. And I know I would hang out at CBGBs and Hilly would always say. As soon as I came down there, oh, okay, Spence, come on in, you know, that type of thing. It was because if you were involved with anything in that era and Hilly knew about you and respected you or your record label, you are always allowed in. There was no, you know, that was it. To see this. And I saw a lot of stuff there. I mean, incredible, incredible history of our time. And I was in that whole thing, and I had interactions with, like, Dead Boys and Ramones, of course, and other great groups and Talking Heads and... Um, but you know, it's like it's like uh, the thing I got to repeat again is that this book really captures that whole feeling. I mean, for me to be part of that whole era and know what was going on, um, it's uh, and to open, and to look at this book, um, I give it five stars out of five stars because uh, Stephen has captured that feeling. And also, I think it's very important the quotes in the book. The quotes from everybody in this book, although they're all obviously different, captures something of that era. Makes you want to keep going into reading this book, keep keep on going, you know, through the chapters, because it, it seems to be a whole overview. Was something you know like a must read for me? I mean, I call it the must read book from my life. I mean, it's one of the books I will always have on my shelf. I'll always tell people about It's But you know, not many books are like that, right? I mean, there are books that are put out a lot, but it seems to have that. No,
1: this is a book. pretty heavy yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, it is very it accurate information. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, yeah. and I, I
2: just have to say, it means so much coming from the people who were there. Like, I really don't. Put much stock in like somebody who wasn't there tell me that it was a good read. I mean, I appreciate it, yeah. but to come from the people who were actually there saying like, "Hey, you captured it," that is beyond words. And that's
3: me. And like I
2: said, you know, <laughs> Spencer's done so much great work.
3: Thank you. So that's a, as nice part of this. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like and we have a we know, have, have know, a because you know, our truth, life yeah. right now, Stephen. You know, we have a really yep. strong camaraderie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: We couldn't it's, wait to have you on the
3: show. I mean, this book. Yeah, Holly wanted to have you on, too. I mean, she, she sees the light. We
1: were, we were very, very excited when I got the book. I was reading it, and I just was, like, blown away at some of the stuff. And it just, like, gives you so much inside information on people just to understand them more and also the whole intention, you know of the whole thing with the book, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of love there that you put into this. I can see that you really loved what you were doing and um, you really talked about each person very in depth um, and really brought out a lot of the things, you know, that really yeah. was intense. Um, and, it was,
2: and it was really hard to, like, just, you know, try to not make this mm-hmm. an encyclopedia.
1: You know, it's like right.
2: it's a story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like there's a it's beginning. Not an and there's yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not an encyclopedia. Yeah, narrative. Right. Yeah, I mean, it was it's like how like because a... there were there were a bunch of bands that did get cut. You know, because it was just starting to read like okay, like that band, like I said, oh, this band played at CB's, they played at Max's, and they made a demo, and then they broke up. Right. You know, that's yeah, that's not a story. Mm-hmm. That's not really a story. You know, that's right. so. You know, but these bands, like, you know, like you guys are talking about, these were the ones who made it happen. And, you know, a love for them, too, because it's like, it was so hard to make rock and roll in New York. I mean, there was a veneer of it being huge. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like the veneer, yeah, like the, the, the way people looked at it yeah. was huge, but living it was a whole other story. Right. You know, it's like it's much harder to live it than to... Be this illusion, be an illusion of what it is.
3: I mean, you, you got know, this, it's like I'll give you one example. You got a group in Psycho Sluts from Hell. I love that group. Yep. I mean Yep. I mean, they're in this. And I said, you know, you've got to know your stuff to put groups like this in names. The the names that really yep. are, and that that's really grabbed me too. I mean, you've got the certain groups in there that are like, wow, you really have to know these groups. You and I could see what you mean. I mean, there's certain groups that will like, uh, hit and miss, right? And then you got yeah. your really uh profound groups that you really have to know and you have them in this book and uh, uh they're very important, you know.
2: And also like, you know, when you're in New York, you have this you have this vibe of, like you're going to take over the world. Like all these bands had that. Like I'm going to be like <laughs> you know, we're going to be the biggest band in the world. So the Cycle Fluts from Hell, like good example. It's like they had the New York attitude. They hung out yeah, with right. the,
0: you know, <laughs> right. they ran the
2: Lismar Lounge. They hung out with the Hell's Angels. They were hot girls right. Right. They were like, had attitude. But and they were like, and they were at the top of their world. But right. that world doesn't always register with the rest of the world. Right. It's true. Right. So exactly it's um, right. it's hard being a New York band. You know, it's like you're you're distracted by so much.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so
2: hard to make it. Like you're. None of these bands were mainstream. I mean, That's it wasn't right. like. Mm-hmm. You know, none of these bands were, I, I'm not even, I don't even know the mainstream group I'm thinking of, but, you know, I was talking before about, like, the song titles and the lyrical subjects and, you know, I mean, Blondie was almost like a, 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 a different thing. Because mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of right. like... It was, a, it was
1: almost like a call, wasn't it? Right, mm-hmm.
2: right, right.
3: Yeah, they were,
2: yeah. Yeah, so... So I mean, um, Sire,
3: uh, Sire Records had, you know, Seymour. The real story is Seymour. I'd walk in there and I hear something really. You see, Warner Brothers. They were distributed by Warner Brothers, as you well right. know. But, but the sure. thing that Warner, Warner Brothers didn't like anything that Seymour signed. I mean, signed. He. They did not relate. He was a visionary, right? They did not right, relate to him at all. And they said, "What the hell, are you signing the Ramones? Why are you selling the? Why are you signing the Rosillos?" Why are you mm-hmm. signing? That's all they they didn't understand uh, talking heads. I mean, they didn't. Yeah. And, and they lived in this. The only group, probably, that ranked in them was the Pretenders because they crossed over right. and were right. And right, they were easy. But other than that, the groups that Seymour caught on to, or someone at the label caught on to, the, to bring Seymour into, were groups that were so. Far out in in the mind of a commercial record uh, record label Warner Brothers that they didn't relate to they did not relate to Sire. It's amazing that uh, that Seymour just well, he just believed in these groups obviously, and so they became yeah. what they were. But you know, I, but they were groups what you would call the, that. The record label. I mean, that's a story we had on that great story about Twisted Sister, where the the, the major label that eventually signed them was forced to sign them. The, the head of the company didn't like them; he hated them through the yep. whole thing. Andrew Horn did a movie on this that Holly and I had on yep. about him, and it's it's like mm-hmm. it's right. Remember how? Yeah, so it's like it's like the same thing. Everybody fought. Yes. And sire, and a lot. Of, and what you're talking about, a lot of these groups were in hell holes at that time. They were struggling, right? And they were trying to make it Oh name. my God. I
2: mean and you just brought up like you were talking about talking heads before and like how like, you know, it's kinda of hard to even explain to someone today that talking heads was so left of center, but I mean <laughs> right. the first single was Psycho Killer. I mean right, like,
3: exactly
2: <laughs> people that there was no like fun, let's like wear a Charles Manson shirt back then. You know, it was like yeah. <laughs> you know, it was it was very intense to write a song like that. You it know, was. or what the yeah, or what the Ramones were uh, doing. Yeah, or Psycho
1: Killer, Keska State. Yeah, no,
3: absolutely.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, you know, you know like people thought
3: you were, like, out of your was lines, like, you know? I, I know, it's funny. All these groups that we're talking about, all the groups Holy. that we were talking about, uh, Steve, as you mm-hmm. well no, now are, are iconic, which is so bizarre, yep. it's like,
0: talking mm-hmm. heads
3: a commercial in the household throughout the and yep. and all these and the Ramones now, which is more made. They always wanted to say they had that great quote. I want we wanted to be like the Beatles. Now they're iconic. Uh, and and yep. and the idea to me that the Grammy Museum is backing this whole tour blows my mind because they're so commercial. And I would yep. think the most raucous group in the world to to uh, but it's all good because that's what they're yep. doing. But but it's amazing. I mean, it's still the Ramona and, and it's iconic, you know, becoming iconic, like we're talking about all well, these groups that were, a lot of these, Blondie's iconic, you know, uh, they're all yeah. oh, now.
1: Totally. I think, like, um, a whole different realm. When,
2: when, when I wrote mm-hmm. this book, I realized, like, what I was picking up on was, um, it's like, if you don't look at it like rock and roll, look at it like art. And yeah. it's like, these were the great pioneering artists. And I'm the book that's the art his, art history book that validates it all, right? Right. right. And so. and that's what we're talking about here because these this was art. The, I mean, it's just, the world's just kind of catching up to it now. People are starting to realize like. You know why do you think they worship the Ramones and all these groups? Because it
0: was well,
3: uh, I also was I heart heart also thing. want to point out that your book is very important for this generation here. I mean this is the most yeah. important yeah. thing we're talking about right now probably
0: yeah, is correct. that
3: these Absolutely. young people understand What the music? I mean, we we Holly have people. You know, we have Holly and I have musicians on the show. We always talk about this that the younger generation
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. learn
3: more about right. Holly, oh
0: absolutely.
3: this book is one of those books that's out there right now that will be passed on to a younger generation. They'll read about all these important things, And sort of learn, yeah. Let them learn, learn about the culture, right? Right. So I think that's very culture. I'm trying
2: to, I'm trying to find. I was trying to find a, a a in my writing in general. I've I've been I always search for this voice mm. that is that everybody could read, right. to get the insiders respect. Oh, you and have it's, a it's, play, it's a very hard place. It's a very hard thing to yeah. do. Yeah, it's I very hard say, to yeah. do. And, yeah. and I I think I've accomplished a lot very, very simplified.
1: Few oh yeah, that you have.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, you definitely have.
2: Yeah. I mean, you see how simple I've my have. now. Yeah. And it's, I mean, what, it's like, uh, mm-hmm.
3: what Holly pointed out about this girl in university and a teacher finding that book yep. and showing it to the class. I mean, this is like, this is Isn't probably going cool? to past other page. Yeah, it's cool, yeah. man. And I think it's awesome. very important.
1: What, was, what, how, what would you ever think? I mean, I sit down and somebody sees the book and they go, oh, my God, I just read that <laughs> book. My professor, my music history professor <laughs> gave it to me, which I want to ask a really quick question to you. Um, and this is, this I, I want to hear what you have to say about this. Um with this book, we know what's in it and all the amazing history that's in it. I want to ask you what your take is and how would you write a book about today's punk scene in New York?
2: Um, well, I think I'd not be the one. I would not be the one to write it because it's not mm-hmm. my. It's not my world. You know, it's like I'm writing about mm-hmm. my world. You know, I'm writing about what movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm not. It's kind of like asking. You know, I have a five-year-old daughter. It's like asking me to like write teen years, write the music of her childhood. Right. You know, that's not for me to wow. do. that's for some kid. That's for some kid to do who loved it. Maybe they were inspired by me. Who knows? But, but I, 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 I think me, I got
3: to come in here because I spoke. To, I think we spoke on the phone about this. I, we had Jesse Melon on our show, which was a big thing, and. Jesse right, right. is reinforcing, well, uh, well, bringing back a CBGB form, definitely, and that form of punk or whatever uh, uh, raucous groups are coming and playing at Bowery Electric right now. So it's not like when people say, well, CBGB B's died. It's okay. It died. Yeah. It's not here. But Jesse has picked up the ball. I feel yeah. and has brought in a lot of the look at the dictators are playing. You know Jesse, I, I said, you know I I mean Jesse and I are friends, but
2: because we're basically the same age and you know we're into the same stuff and you yeah. know he was into hardcore and I wrote American Hardcore or whatever, but he um, you know, I understand what he's thinking when he's doing it and it's it's kind of it relates to what I'm doing. It's not the same, right. but it's like we love that stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah yeah yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's trying to bring back, you know, from his Green Door parties and his Coney Island High to now with Bowery Electric. He's kept that downtown spirit alive. He's the only single person who's done it. Don Hill was doing it before he passed away, right. and Don was a big influence on Jesse. Don was exactly. a big influence on me, of course, because right. I worked with him for seven years. But it's like, I love Don Hill. He was like a my uncle. Oh, me uncle. too. I mean, I, I, I used
3: to hang out at Kenny's, Steve, all the yeah. time. Yeah, well, there I you go. Out. There he you go. Back Don day was day, the right arm, arm of Pat, uh, right? So yeah, I yeah, mean, and, I saw and,
2: them. and Don would always be like tell you stories of like yeah, you know, seeing the doors that Steve Pauls the scene for four dollars, right, right? Right? You know, like some crazy oh. story like that, right? Or like you know, uh, Aerosmith's opening for the Dolls at Kenny's, yeah. right? You know, so exactly. Uh, Yeah, so it's like, these guys are the, you know, I, um, one guy who was really influential on me, my dad used to know him, was Arthur Weinstein, who ran that club, The World, and had the club Hurrah before that. Yeah, I love um, Mm Hurrah. Yeah, and he was like, so I would go to the Continental, the original Continental, and the original Jefferson. Yeah, the Continental, I saw that in your book, that's a great club, the Continental. Oh my God, so. Yeah, so there was, like, this whole after-hours. So I'm, like, it's literally I'm 16 years old and I'm going to after-hours clubs till 8 in the morning, <laughs> you know, and, like, that's learning, great. like, way too fast, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's like, great. Like, girls teaching me, guys teaching me, whatever, you know, like, I just learned everything so fast, you know? Yeah. Because it was yeah. just, like, that's what life was back then. So it's, like, I, um, you know, uh, Je- I mean, I, I'm not comparing myself to Jesse because we do different things, but we're both so influenced by these people right. who were like the club owners and the, right. you know, these guys. I mean, come on, these guys were geniuses. John, Don Hill was a genius. Yeah, he was. You know, he was Don a Hill was visionary. a weird guy. Well, yeah. You know, Don Hill was whatever you want to say about the dude. The guy was a genius. Right. You know, and he was like. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you know there were all these guys like. Don or before that there was Howie Montauk at Danteria and like right. you know all these guys who really like just took me seriously they're like or or David Hershkowitz at Paper Magazine was like I had never written an article before he said you should be a writer
0: <laughs> I did
2: some articles for him next thing I'm an editor or a writer you know but, <laughs> it's great. so that's this is, all came from downtown this did yeah, not come right. from like college or my parents or you know, I love all those parts of my life, but, you know, this is what
3: I learned from New York Rock. I mean, when I was younger, I used to wonder why I walked down the East Village. I didn't know why, but I always go right, down right, the East Village. I had I no that. idea why, Steve. It was like a magnet. You know, I'd always hang that. out that, in the East sure. Village every day. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That, and it's part of the energy that went on down there, what you're talking about. I mean, it was like a really big scene. I mean, you had, I mean,. Years ago, I would do a route. I would go to the Folk City, I would go yep. to East Castaways, I would go to the Bitter End, right. Paul Colby, right. and then I go over the CBGBs. It was like a route going through the West Right,
2: okay. I see that route for, sure, for yeah.
3: sure. Yeah, sure. So I mean, and that's all those what guys
2: you're talking was... about, all those club owners were genius. Like, yeah. I mean, come true. on, you know, everyone talks about <laughs> Hilly, <laughs> but look how much Hilly knew beyond punk rock. Yeah, I mean, he had this whole history so far beyond punk rock. You know,
3: like right, it's true.
2: You know, so it's like these people were brilliant, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes punk rock gets short changes, like kind of dumb, oh. you know, but these guys were, these guys were genius, you know, and it's like, you know, I feel like I'm a smart person. I hang out with, you know, this was all I really cared about.
3: You hey, know, listen, like, right now, when you're voting for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the the, the worst thing that happened to me this year was that. MC5 was not voted in. Now, to me, MC5 oh. is the foundation of so much in the music culture. You know this, Steve. And they. I didn't are know like,
2: that they. I didn't know that they were. I didn't know they were denied. Yeah,
3: they were. They were nominated, and they were. It was a low vote. I got to tell you, it was a low vote, which shocked me, and it shocked a lot of people. Wow. Because MC5, as you and you know music history as I do, yeah. I'm sure Holly knows. MC5 was a foundation for so many groups who have were. no for idea. Sure. I mean, and and But if your
2: foundation is the Eagles, you would not think that.
3: Right, of course. You know. Oh, yeah. You definitely. know what I'm
2: saying? Like cuz that's half of the that's half of the people at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame too, right? Or that uh, the, the Grammys or whatever. True. You know, so it's you know, we're always going to be battling. This is the, you know, it's like that's I true. think anybody who loves punk rock <laughs> loves the underdog, you know? Yeah, and exactly. it's like I I root for the underdog. My last book Lost Rockers was about great musicians who fell through the cracks of history. Like people who should have been famous but weren't. Oh, that's great. You know, so I'm really a champion of that because it's like I was a journalist. I was like, you know, I've got gold records on my walls from all sorts of crap, you know, too, but it's like that stuff's so less interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean the stars are so less interesting than the people who were cult or almost made it or where we're on the verge. That's that's so much more interesting. And and that that's the people we like. You know, you have a record collection, you we you show people the credits, like, wow, look who's on this record.
3: Right. That's
2: record collecting, not like
3: how I mean many, I mean And I'm not dissing were, the guy,
2: but it's not like it's not like how many Dave Grohl records do I have. It's and I'm not well, dissing the guy. But it's just you, like you, it's you it's know, about it's it's deeper than that.
3: Steve, uh, this, this Ramon show is big time. I mean, it's going to be a travel oh, yeah. show. It's going to go on for years. I think it's one of the greatest things that ever happened. And here's a group that we're talking about in that area we're talking about. Yep. right, And it's, mm-hmm. and it's definitive yep. New York. Absolutely. It's definitive yeah. New York. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, what well, we want to I mean, say about um, I, what I'm excited about is um, not to deviate away from your book here, I just want to say that when you do the LA scene, I'm interested to see what you say about the Roxy and the Rainbow and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, iconic cool. oh, yeah. rock and roll places, you know. You're right, and, Holly. Those, um, those are big and then parts. also, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen over the years, first time only, like, you know, like Bob Dylan, you know, David Cosby, and just. You know, people doing private shows, Johnny Depp, you know, uh, you know The Stones, doing private shows there. I mean, that's, that, that's that there. Whole, that I mean it's just like a
2: whole different I'm
0: not the guy, I mean,
1: not the guy who's going to be
2: laughing at it. You know, because now you get like some punk rocker, nope. they're going to laugh at like, mm-hmm. I-, I can't even think of the right person, but like not Seals and Crofts, but whatever. You know, it's like Jim Messina <laughs> or something. Like I could tell you Jim Messina <laughs> played in yeah. cool band before he did that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like I'm not the yeah. guy who's making fun of these guys. Right. You know, so so I'm and, and um, like
1: Lemmy. Lemmy was another yeah, one that's really there iconic because they did that whole tribute to him up and down Sunset Boulevard. So that's gonna be interesting. Oh, yeah, to that talk was incredible. About. And yeah, then yeah. the Nam yeah, show out here and who's at the Nam yep. show. Yeah, that's very yep. interesting. I, have all I can't wait for I that. That's that gonna stuff. be exciting. Mm-hmm. Well yeah, we I'm wanna have you back for that. Well,
2: you know how to find me.
1: Well you do that,
2: so.
1: <laughs> well, we do. What were you going to say? Yeah. I cut you off. What were you going to say? Um,
2: who knows? Are
3: right you there? Yeah. yeah, Steve. The, uh, are three? you asking me? <laughs> no, no. What are you talking about? I'm talking
1: to you. Is...
3: Oh no, 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 no not at all. I was following nothing. the whole thing. I think. I think what's interesting here is like the, this L.A. thing. When I was there which was years ago. I mean there were a lot of these new bands though like that it's a whole energy trip. I mean it's like a different trip but it, it, they they had rock and sock and groups, right Steve? I mean they had Oh yeah, bands for sure. There, there.
2: No, LA, LA at its best is awesome. LA at its worst is terrible. Yeah. You right. know, I mean and that's really what it is. I mean LA at its best, I will take you know, you name the genre, I'll tell you the group. You know what I'm saying? It's like I would take Black Flag and Social Distortion over any New York hardcore band. I would mm-hmm. take, like, I, I'd take Van Halen, et cetera, over any New York heavy metal band. Oh, Van
1: Halen. You know? Well, I got a story about yeah, them, yeah. too.
2: That's interesting. <laughs> yep. oh, we got a so
1: really, yeah. Like, I, I,
2: you know, L.A. rock, L.A. is where rock really came to form. Yeah, rock and but roll. But New York had mm-hmm. something but New York had something that was so much more interesting to me. New York, Special. I mean, not taking mm-hmm. them away from each other It's New raw. York, like the stuff that we've been talking about for this next hour is it's it's raw, it's deep, it's intellectual. Like all that stuff mm-hmm. that rock and roll traditionally isn't. So, you know I know like a couple friends of mine well, who that's... are in like kind of big New York bands awesome. and they would talk to big agents, and mm-hmm. the agents would be like, "Well, we can't sign you because you're too smart." <laughs> and the bands would get like upset, but I like I knew <laughs> what they were talking about because they needed their rock bands to be kind of dumb, right. to really mm-hmm. like make it work, right? right? You know, because they're mm-hmm. not going to fight the system, or, you know, <laughs> like all that stuff. So, you know, there's two, it's just apples and oranges. That's all it is. But I love I love them both, but. You know, my focus as a this New This will Yorker, be so cool. I'm so
1: excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, so. Totally excited. Yeah. Well, you know, what I want to say before we end our interview today is um, if anyone wants to reach you, Stephen, what's the best way to reach you? And I've given out your website, and also we want to thank St. Martin's Press for setting up this interview as well, along with Spencer and myself. And um, Rebecca, um, if she's listening, yeah. she's really yep. she's been pretty cool sending me the press great. release yep. and all great. the information. Great. Great. Um, yeah, how I'm would they really reach you? And you're, you are on Facebook, and we want to know where yeah. people can get the you book, book to as, as, as well, well right now.
2: The, because in other places. Usually I'm, I'm titled as The Stephen Blush because uh, there's a nuclear physicist named Stephen Blush. Okay. Oh, Actually, really? it's kind of funny. When I used to live in Washington, D.C., <laughs> I was booking like dead Kennedys and Black Flag and MDC. And this poor uh, nuclear physicist would oh. get phone calls from like millions of dead cops or something. Like, book my <laughs> band. You know, it's like, no, 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 that's not me. It's like that, <laughs> that other kid punched Stephen Blush. Um, <laughs> but um, so I'm the Stephen Blush in a lot of places. Or go to StephenBlush.com.
3: Cool. You'll find
1: me. Oh, awesome. Okay. All right, hey listen, book, I wanna I um, wanna just available. say before we
3: leave there's a uh, big benefit going on in New York with uh, Willie Nile and Chuck okay. will be on our show, right? And uh oh, nice. Randy right. Alexander doing the PR there in New York, but um it's got January eleventh is a big thing with uh, a tribute to Clarence Clemens and it's a benefit oh, nice. Alzheimer's and uh it, it, they're Going around to different cities. Oh, and I heard about really that. Oh my God! Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a very important show, and uh, yeah. we'll be attending. I think the one at the Cutting Room. But I just wanted to make a note of that to everybody.
1: And I yeah, want to I, wish I'm you. Go. Both, 11th, I want to okay.
3: wish you both a happy New Year to our new show in the New Year, Holly, or next year. To, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: have
3: a great next year. Everyone out there
1: listening. Yeah, everyone out there listening have a really great to, uh, New Year. Please do year. not drink and drive. Right,
3: do not, and drink, do and not drink
1: and, and drive. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
3: thanks for the reminder. And, uh, i forgot forgotten if it wasn't yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 no, after your LSD trip story, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I was tracking We're on that We're going to drop acid at that's...
3: Stephen Blush's book signing in Brooklyn. I think. All right. I like yeah, that. Yeah.
1: Well, I just I <laughs> want to say to everyone that's in New York, enjoy it. I know that it snowing there right now and um and uh for everyone around the world you know we want to wish you all a happy new year and um spence did you have anything you want to say before we end the way, show?
3: i want to same, gonna... holly for everybody happy new year to you steve and to yeah. you holly thank and you. your families and mm-hmm. the thank you thank the you new year big success for all of us and health and of course very important and uh I guess, and to Judith, I want to say hello to Judith and Ariel and Justin, and my my partners in my life, and uh, especially to Judith and Justin, and Ariel, for their great being in my life, as along with Holly and and Stephen, Blesch, of course. <laughs> and I just could just And Stephen, to say I hope like, you like, have where, a
1: great near where, where you're at.
2: Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's really like. You know, and it means a lot that you guys are doing stuff because, you know, again, like, you know, you guys are doing a really important show. Spencer's done done so much, you know, really important work in terms of rock and roll. So mm-hmm. this is a good connection. And, yeah, we um, love it. Thank you, Steven. Yeah, and New York Rock is for, for the people. You know, I really. That's it's right. Oh, yeah.
1: That's, that's awesome.
3: It's happening, well, you know, man. London the book is happening. Her-
1: I'm thank you, you're thank gonna you. laugh, Spencer, because I'm actually gonna end the show with the song that we usually play when we do our pop culture news. Oh, okay. It's Go not ahead. a punk rock song it's not a <laughs> punk rock song, Stephen. But I think you'll okay. appreciate it because it actually talks about yesterday's news, so let's talk about that being the new year. I hope you don't mind. It's a Rolling Stones song. Is that cool? Oh. Bring it on. <laughs> Love the Stones. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the only one that's queued <laughs> up here in my uh, studio right oh, now, I and I want tour. to say to everyone it's out there, fun. listen, oh, yeah, no, this is a great, this is a great song. We always play this, theme and This is really funny. Spencer found okay. a song. He said, "Oh, I got a great song for us <laughs> to play in between when we do our pulp culture news because we do pulp culture segments usually on our shows. Yeah, and when we right play, left. I'm usually dancing around the room and screaming <laughs> because it's so funny, <laughs> and it's so. 60s and um, I'm going to play it even though it doesn't really kind of jive with the punk rock scene but I'm still going to play it anyway because it kind of is like a way a good way to end (laughs) the year and um, I do want to say before we end our show that um, to all the people that we've lost this year we wish all of them um, a safe journey to the next place and um, we're going to make it through this year guys we're going to make yeah. it to the end of this year. Yes, and, uh, and uh, you know, just stay positive. And uh, let's, we'll see you guys back next year. How's that? That's right. And here you yeah. guys That's go. That's terrific. Kate, hey, thank you so much, Stephen and um, Spencer. I love you. Happy New Year. And we'll um, everyone listening out there. Yeah, and I also want to wish my mom a um, happy birthday. Tomorrow's her birthday. And also, it's Terry's birthday, birthday too. (laughs) Yeah, tomorrow's birthday. I didn't even know this, but it's my friend Terry's birthday, too, in the UK. So for everyone listening, happy birthday. Who's all ringing in the new year with your birthday? Um, Happy day of life. And uh, there you go. And with that. Here yeah, you thanks go. so much for Happy having New me here, guys. really great. We love it, You're Stephen. You're so welcome. Take care. Love you, Stephen. Here you guys go.
2: Take care. 27 Let's do it.
1: Woo! Who wants
0: your papers? Who wants yesterday's city good? Who wants yesterday's city paper? Nobody in the world. That do. The same thing applies to me and you.